Welcome to the Sport Fuels Life podcast, where we're bringing you interviews with coaches and athletes at the top of their game. This is a community to support coaches, athletes, and fans who share a passion for making the world a better place through athletics. We are serving our community and providing a variety of resources to grow and win as a team in the sports we play and the life we live. We are your hosts. I'm Ashley. And I'm Megan. And we're so excited to bring you all things Sport Fuels Life. Hey, Monica, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, It's always fun to be able to share my story and um, a little bit about softball as well. Cool. Well, let's just dive right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners who might not quite know who you are yet, maybe some of the unique experiences that have brought you to this moment in time, um, where you're from, and how has that had an impact on who you are today? Well, my name is Monica Abbott. I am a left-handed pitcher out of Salinas, California. Um, Salinas is not necessarily a small town, but um, it thinks it's small (laughs) more than it actually is. And it's a farming community. So we, we grow lettuce there. That's what we're kind of known for. Um, I started playing softball because my uh, older sister played and I kind of just got clumped in with her. So um, she wanted to play softball. She brought home a flyer from school and my mom was like, well, if Jessica's going to play, then Monica is too. And for the first half of my career, when I first started playing, uh, I was just the tag along younger sister to her. Jessica ended up, you know, being the early developer. She was really good. She played shortstop and then she started to pitch. And then, uh, guess who had to catch her? Me. (laughs) Like, and I was the tag along sister, obviously. And, um, I was terrified, like terrified of the ball. (laughs) scared out of my mind like I wasn't very good at softball she was older stronger bigger and just better all around and my mom saw potential in my older sister so she got her a pitching lesson I had to catch for her and I think I was diving out of the way I probably missed I don't even think I caught a ball like (laughs) I don't think I caught one ball and um, I just remember at the very end of this you know this lesson she had I, you know, I was taking off the catcher's gear, struggling with um, the leg, the shin guards, and and the pitching coach came over to me and he's like, you know, Monica, you don't you don't like catching, do you? And I'm like looking at him like, duh, it's like the worst thing ever. It's scary. I'm afraid of the ball. I'm diving out of the way. Like I'm trying to get out of here as fast as possible. And he said, you know, you're a little bit too tall to be a pitcher, but you know, you're left-handed, I'm left-handed, you should try pitching. I would love to teach you how to pitch. And so about a month or two months went by and I tried to convince my mom to give me a chance because somebody saw hope in me, someone saw something in me that I could be good at. I'm like, ooh, maybe, maybe I could move from right field to pitcher, who knows, you know? Um, And I really just like convinced my mom after a bunch of you know, house, household chores, work, all of that sort of stuff, and just bargained with my mom to get a pitching lesson. And from that point on, I became a softball pitcher and started to move from right field to center field, center field to second base, to, to first base to pitcher. And um, I've been pitching ever since. 
So that's kind of how I got into the game. Um, from, from there, I fell in love and went on to play college softball at the University of Tennessee for Go Vols. Whoop, whoop. Um, and then Team USA for the 2008 Olympic Games and was on Team USA from 2005 to 2010. And after the 2008 Olympics, I went overseas to play for in, to play in Japan, and I've been playing for Toyota Motor Corporation in the Japan Softball League from 2009 to present day. And then I currently play with Team USA again as well from uh, since 2018. And you know the Olympics for 2021. <laughs> so that's kind of. Uh, my softball career in, in a nutshell for you. Wow, what a journey you've had. I think it's so cool how people find their niche in their sport and how they get that passion. What is it about softball that you love? I think softball for me, um, one, one thing, like I just, I love the community, right? Like just having the different people involved um, so many different personalities coming together and forming a team and being able to work together is really, really special. Um, it's not every day that you can get a wide range of people from a lot of different backgrounds and be able to kind of merge into one common goal. So I really love that team team aspect of softball. Um, the other things I love is I love that it's outside. I love being outdoors. Um, and then just for pitching, I feel like softball is a sport that will continue to challenge you no matter how long you play the game. You know, some people like to say they're, you, it's a game of failure where you can fail a lot and still be really successful. Um, and then pitching for me, I love, I love the challenge of it. You know, I love being able to help the team in, in a more direct way. Whereas like, I'm going to touch the ball almost every single play in the game. Whereas if I played center field, like I maybe get the ball one time. If I play shortstop, I might not get a ground ball the entire game, you know? So I love the fact that I can have a, more of an impact and really help uh, my teammates uh, win and help the team a lot more. Like I love being um, hands-on in that way. And I think that's why pitching really suits me. And then on top of that, just, obviously the continual challenge of trying to, of sports, you know, of winning, losing, and uh, becoming a better, not only a better athlete, but a better version of yourself. Well said. I'm curious, who might you um, attribute to having the biggest impact on your overall career? Were there any coaches or uh, obviously your parents probably had a huge hand in that since you've already mentioned your mom, but like, um, out of friends, coaches, parents, who would you attribute the success of you finding this sport? I would definitely have to say like, it's, I know, but it's so hard not to pick your parents just because of how much of an impact they have on you. Um, so I'll, I'm going to just kind of pick two people because I do want to like give credit where credit is due and my mom like really deserves it when I first started pitching and I like had to you know bargain with her and like do all these household chores and like be like mom what do I have to do to get a pitching lesson once I finally got that lesson my mom 
did something that was kind of cool. And she helped me practice. She was my first catcher, but we didn't have like a softball field that we could go to close by. And my mom didn't have the time because, you know, a double parent um, working household and like lots of young kids. I actually have younger twin sisters at the time. And so when I would get home from school, when I had first started pitching, I would get home from school and I would have eat a snack. And my mom, if my mom was home that day, like she would put the twins who at that time were, gosh, they must've, I don't know, they were pretty young. She would put them down for a a nap and they would be falling asleep. And my mom would set the timer for 30 minutes. She'd have one of those like egg timers. And we would literally go out in the middle of the street and my mom would, you know, throw me ground balls. She'd throw me fly balls and we would practice pitching in, in the street, you know, time out, a car would pass. Through the around the block time in I would throw some pitches um pretty sure I dented like three cars and broke a window and lost several balls in the you know front yard bushes that I was too too afraid to go in and get you know I think there's still probably dents in that front door if I were to go back to that house so um my mom has really been it was a key piece of me starting Uh, softball and she's always been such a big supporter and both my parents really have my dad as well he continued to like um do like scorekeeping and just it was always a family affair for us and um yeah I'm super grateful for that but it's hard not to give credit to my mom and and my dad as well just for um them kind of empowering me and giving me giving me the opportunity to be successful. It's like, they just set you up. They set me up and put me in a good position that if I wanted it, that they always said that, like, if you want it, Monica, you can do it. But you know, they they weren't going to push me out of my norm. They were just going to get, create that opportunity for me to be successful. I love that so much. I think it's so cool when parents can really see and cultivate what their children love and then whether it's sports or art or performing at any level, I just, I'm so, I'm in awe of parents who do that. I'm a mom of a nine-year-old, so it's kind of just like I'm at the beginning stages of this, so I'm really trying to take notes on people that are successful and have um, raised good humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, um, I just think it was so, it, it was so important, but so key that my mom, that being able to, to like carve out even like, like I said, just that egg timer, 30 minutes for me alone was just like at that age for me was just like so big and so mesmerizing. Oh my gosh, I did alone time with my mom. Like we're going to play softball today. Like we're, we're playing in the street. I'm, you know, whatever it is like, that's fine. It's still, it's still my time, mom and Monica time. So that was really big for me. And um, yeah. And they honestly, like it was just creating, creating some fun opportunities and, and then I think they kind of let me have the freedom with a little bit of guidance to, you know, take it with, take it where I wanted, wanted it to go. Awesome. Let's talk about your coaches a little bit, because obviously you've had, you probably had several over the course of your career. Um, out of the coaches that you've had, what are some standout either techniques or practices or maybe even things that you didn't care for as an athlete sitting under those coaches. Can you, can you think of anything that might be helpful? Um, yeah. So I've had, 
I've had some pretty amazing coaches in my career. Um, I think at a youth level, outside of my pitching coach, I had a club coach and his name was uh, Keith Bird. And he, he actually was really, really, really great for me. Um, but he would always kind of come up with these like challenges for me that he would say in a kind of a fun way. So for example, he would say stuff and it would like kind of, it would, it would like irk me a little bit. Like I could totally do that. I can, I can get eight out of 10. Like he would be like, he would nickname in a fun way. He would like, um, like I throw a rise ball. So he would nickname my rise ball, the 747, you know, like, uh, like, Oh, it's like a fighter pilot just taking off at 90 degrees straight up in the air. And then he would be like, well, you can throw, you can throw six out of 10 on the outside, but you, you know, you can, but you can't get 10 out of 10 on the inside. Like what's, what's going on with that? Like, <laughs> You know, so he would always have these fun little ways of challenging me. And he always like created workouts and practices that were fun through circuits and where it was hard, but it made you want to work harder because because of those things he's like well last week you got you know last week you were throwing harder Monica like what what happened <laughs> you know are you tired today like and I just think that genuine care and then in college I played at Tennessee and I went to um I went to Tennessee and I played under Ralph and Karen Weekly there who are still uh, coaching softball there to this day coach Karen is still I'm one of the head people there and I both loved it and hated it, but they were so tough on me. <laughs> they were really strict on me at times during my college career. And part of it probably, I would say looking back now was just my youngness and just stubbornness as a, as a 19 year old, as a 20 year old athlete, I was a little bit stubborn and almost just scared to change is that and when it comes down to it and I didn't know and the worst part is that I didn't know that like they knew it they could see it from like their all their experience and obviously like I went there because I knew they could make me better but <laughs> when I got there they were just like always so tough on me so strict on me and they would always say like, you need to change. When are you going to change? When are you going to stop? You know, don't do the same thing over and over. That's the definition of insanity. You know, all of these things. And it would just drive me crazy. What do they want from me? Like, can't they tell me any that I'm doing anything good? Like, <laughs> you know, all of these things, which I'm sure they were, but I just couldn't hear it because I was so focused on some of those other things that I couldn't do right. And I don't think I was really able to accept that change and knowing that I needed to make that change until, you know, my, probably my soft into my sophomore year of college, junior and senior year. But I really looking back at them now um, as a professional, I think they really helped me jump a huge level in my career to be able to be ready for team USA. And I think knowing them and knowing their personalities when they recruited me and when I was there my freshman year, like they, they saw that in me, but I think they felt it on them to be able to bring that out of me. Whereas like I, I had, I had the dream, but I didn't know the action plan. 
and they saw my dream and they saw that it could be a reality and they came up with a plan to be able to, to pull it out of me. And because they came up with that plan and I fought it, it took probably took longer than it needed to because I was young and stubborn and just like afraid to change. And well, I was successful in high school. Like I struck her out on this pitch before. Why can't I just do it 20 more times, you know? And you know, that's not the case in sports. You have to evolve and you have to be willing to um, grow. And they really developed that growth mindset. for me. So I'm super thankful for uh, Ralph and Karen. That's awesome. I, I'm curious, um, as you know, you're coming into from leaving high school, coming into college, and you do have, you're talking about this sense of stubbornness, maybe a lack of self-awareness even, um, just about like what you're maybe would be required of you to improve. Um, what do you think was the, like, can you pinpoint one thing that they did that helped push you to accept their advice? Um, one thing that made me accept their advice, uh, failure. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> well, that works, right? Like, <laughs> which sucks for everyone. Um, honestly, I think one thing that I could always say that they did, and if I could tell other coaches this, especially the youth and high school co- coaches, whether you're coaching a full team or, an, or individuals, or maybe you have an athlete that, that uh, can potentially, you know, be a big division one athlete or maybe a mid-major or whatever school they're going to hopefully go on to play at is at that time in my career, um, Ralph and Karen would ask me what I would be doing. So they would say like, okay, so Monica, why, why are you throwing this pitch at 70 and this pitch at 65? you know, Monica, why is your arm circle looking like this and not like this on this pitch or that pitch and all these technical things. And as a 19 year old, as a 20 year old, I didn't have the education on who I was as an athlete. I didn't have the education to be able to say, well, I can throw this pitch at 70 because my right foot got down on time and I was able to close my hip um, with my wrist with my wrist and while I was while I was snapping the pitch and I wasn't able to say those things on the mechanical side I wasn't able to talk about um what what I felt so I could say well I just feel that this one was smoother or I feel like this was this one looked better and it would when I was 18 19 I would constantly say I feel this way I feel that way I feel that way but I didn't have the direction or the knowledge to talk about um, the actual process of what makes me be successful on the mound. Why do I need to take a deep breath? Why does my front foot need to get on time? Why do I need to have a two second pause? I didn't understand the difference between, you know, arm speed and arm circle. I didn't understand those mechanical things of the game and those, those nuances that make athletes great. Um, I knew what they felt like at 18 or 19. That's why I got to Tennessee. And that's what Ralph and Karen saw. They knew that I knew what it felt like, but I could not put it into words. And they would 
you know, constantly in practice, try to get me to say it. And I, I just didn't understand it. Like it was above my brain capacity as an 18 year old. And so I think it took a, it took a little bit of time for them to teach me some of those things. And for me to also understand that and to put it together with what I felt and did what I feel match with what my brain said, you know, as far as like the mechanics, the vocabulary, vocabulary, the A, B, and C part of the game. Yeah, that's so awesome that you were able to kind of be directed by them and they sound like they were quite patient. Um, I can't imagine having a team of late teens, early 20s trying to navigate all of that. So kudos to them. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, they definitely put in some work with me for sure. And they were, it was not, I mean, I'm sure they lost, (laughs) they lost their patience with me just as much. (laughs) So they were, don't think that they did it because I definitely ran a lot of foul pools, (laughs) but um, no, they, they had a, they definitely empowered me and along with uh, Marty McDaniel, who was the pitching coach and with on their staff as well. But the three of them together, I think, really gave me the tools I needed um, over time, over those four years to be successful later on in my career. That's awesome. Okay, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. I'm curious if you've had like any experiences that have been super challenging or adversities that you've had to overcome throughout your career and maybe the mental tools that you've used to help you navigate that process. Um, yeah, I think, well, I think every, every stage of your life, every stage of your career brings different challenges. And I don't think any of them are that small or any of them are that big because at the time they all, at the time when they're happening, they all feel really big, right? (laughs) They all feel like super tough and, and hard. So, but some of the just mental things that have really helped me along my course of, of my career and the different challenges I've faced. Um, one would be like having a mantra or having like kind of a tagline for yourself, um, your own little mantra and way, ways to like, I use my mantra or like my tagline and positive self-talk when I'm, you know, in the gym or whether I'm on the field or any time because those things can help channel those good feelings and give you that extra motivation or, or focus when you need it. Um, there was a time where visualization was really big for me as well. And um, I still do that to this day. I think visualization is really big um, on anything. And even when I do public speaking events now and, uh, or even when I do speeches or speak in front of a large crowd or a small crowd, you know, I still to this day, I'll visualize myself speaking and how I want it to go for that, for that event. But that is something that I started doing because of softball. Um, I started to visualize on some of those big moments and, and visualizing my team being successful. And so I, I really believe in the power of visualization and then just some short tidbits like a keyword or a mantra or um, just like your own little slogan can really be powerful for you um, in short moments and, and in short, short bursts on the athletic field. That's 
Awesome. What is one of your go-to mantras today? Um, well, right now I've kind of known, like I have this slogan called live to bring it. And I would say, all right, Mon, you got to bring it something like that. Or, um, so that's kind of what I use. It's just about like being fully invested in the moment and giving it all you have. So you don't have any regrets. Um, I think that's so beautiful. I'm, I'm wondering when you've maybe, I think this is probably a trait of a lot of key at like elite athletes, but like when you've maybe made a ginormous mistake on the field, but you still have, you know, four more innings to go. How do you process shaking that mistake off? Like it's the biggest mistake ever. It feels awful. But like, I think, obviously as an elite athlete, you're able to stay in that moment and bring it like you're saying. So yeah. how, how do you, what's the process of letting go of those mistakes? Letting That's a really, really good question. And actually I tell a lot of like my, my students, a lot of my um, young athletes and stuff that I speak on is a lot of times we talk about our routine, right? A lot of coaches will constantly be like, hey, you need to set up a routine, something that you do all the time, right? Every athlete has one, whether it's pregame, whether it's in-game, whether it's post-game, every athlete has this routine that they do no matter what, right? If you're, let's say you're a hitter, you're coming up to the box, you know, whatever, whatever your routine is that makes you feel comfortable um, in tense situations. But I think people forget that, like, it's good to have a routine, but I believe that you should have a reset routine, is what I would call it. Um, and the reset routine is for when something doesn't go your way. So one of the biggest challenges in sports and why we love sports so much is that things don't always go your way. <laughs> you know, we work so hard and, you know, when things align and and um, they happen the way we believe. It's amazing and it feels so good. And then sometimes, you know, you do everything right and, and things should align and then something goes wrong and it doesn't go your way. But the people that win, the people that are super successful in their athletic endeavors, they're able to switch their mindset like that and be able to bounce back for that next play, for that next big moment, where then they'll have the opportunity again to maybe put everything into it and everything's going to align. And this time we're going to be successful. So how can you switch that quickly? And I think we talk so much about routine, 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 but routine starts, routine starts up here. Right. And so if you keep the same routine, when things are good and bad, you know, how are you, how are you creating a difference? How are you creating a jolt to, to bring you back? when things aren't going good. No one wants to talk about when things aren't going good. We want to talk about things that are going great, but I really believe in having a reset routine and it can be something really small and it is a trigger for you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically to be able to adjust your mindset to get back to your normal routine where it feels comfortable and you're ready for that big moment. That's awesome. What is an example of a reset routine that you have personally used? Um, a reset routine can be anything. Uh, it can be 
tying your shoe. It can be walking up and down the dugout. It can be picking a, foc a focal point somewhere to just like take two or three deep breaths. It can be, you know, doing something physical. Like I just want to like take kind of like flicking away your garbage or like putting something in the trash. Maybe it's nothing like picking up a water bottle and putting it in the trash. Like maybe that's what you need to do because you need to trash that moment. Um, so it can be anything. Um, and it, it should be something really simple, something that can you, your athlete can do quickly and naturally into and naturally. So it fits into their next routine when they go back to their normal normal everyday everyday thing I love that okay so I mean what if you could go back to talk to yourself at 18 before all of these other things happen and before even connecting with the coaches in Tennessee like what would you tell yourself what is some advice as a young athlete that you wish you had been given or um, that would have maybe better prepared you for the road ahead? Um, as a young athlete, I think one thing I would have told myself is just to like, I think I would have told myself is just be consistent and things take time. Like not everything happen, has to happen right now. If you're consistent and if you're consistent in your efforts and your actions, it will happen. Um, and then also just be confident, be confident not in yourself, be confident in your abilities. Great advice. Um, outside of softball, what are your interests and hobbies? Um, outside, mostly I like, Interests and hobbies in softball. I mean, I spend a lot of time doing sports, obviously just normal, normal everyday things, going to dinner, shopping, all that sort of self-care, you know, all those sort of things. Um, I'm really passionate about public speaking and just teaching younger generations about not only about softball, but just being about being a empowered and um, educated athlete to be the future leaders of tomorrow. So great. Okay. We have just a couple more questions left. I'm curious what, like, I know you've mentioned Olympics next year, obviously that's going to be something that everybody is excited about, but um, what else do you have coming up that you're stoked about right now? Honestly, right now, the biggest thing for me is the 20, 2021 Olympic games. Um, being as it was postponed, you know, the buildup for that is even more so now and just looking forward to preparing for that. Awesome. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Um, like your website and social media. Yeah, you can connect with me online at Monica Abbott on all the, all the things, right. Um, on Instagram at Monica Abbott, Twitter at, is the same monicaabbott.com and Facebook is the official Monica Abbott. So yeah, you can connect me, connect with me there. And I would love to say hi to you guys. And that's, that's it. I mean, yeah, you can find out more information about me there. Yeah. 
Awesome. Awesome. This has been so much fun. I'm so grateful for your time this morning and just um, wishing you all the best as you continue toward those Olympics next year.